Welcome back to the grim darkness of the 41st millennium. I'm Inquisitor Temperance Price, Keeper of the Inquisition's Black Library, and this is the third volume in a report on the Valentine Heresy, an actual play podcast set in the Genesis adaptation of Warhammer 40,000's Dark Heresy RPG. This report features Game Master Tom McGee and players Tyler Hewitt as Atticus Viz and Ryan LaPlante and Laura Hamster as special guest characters. This addendum to my report includes the history of Atticus Viz, journey into his past and explore the battle where he lost his arm and ultimately found himself. Was this loss glorious or terrible? Did Atticus have friends? Or has he always been a solitary warrior? And what early lessons ultimately shaped Valentine's trusted right hand? Find out next in this episode of the Valentine Heresy. From the Journal of Father Marcellus. You know, I've been racking my brain, trying to figure out where I first met the Colonel. I remember him from Vicodin as one of the rank and file, but I seem to recall we met before. Then I realized I encountered him during that awful, awful detour to Acton 4. Not many people made it off that planet, but he did. I think I should tell Valentine of this so he knows exactly the kind of man he's dealing with. The kind of hero. For a man like Atticus Viss, he's rare in these emperor-accursed times. You know, perhaps I shall make it to him. Some time ago, before... Atticus, you got involved in the Inquisition before you learned of of, uh, the Confederacy, before you met your very first Inquisitor and were pressed into his service. You and a number of the glorious regals uh, were on the midst of a bit of an upswing, um, having succeeded in basic training with flying colors, uh, with your dedication uh, to combat, your uh, eagerness uh, to follow orders and instructions to the letter and to make sure that everything was done properly. Uh, the academy and training was was really uh, no, no trouble for you. Um, in fact, the only real difficulty that you encountered was where a lot of the other recruits found a weapon they were particularly good with. Uh, you were fine with a lot of things, but never really found that one thing. A lot of your fellow recruits started to specialize, you know, some when it became scouts, some became demolition experts, uh, some were training with heavy weapons, snipers, and you tried a lot of them and you just, it didn't quite click for you. And you were told um, by uh, your, your instructors um, and some of your fellow recruits that this is often uh, a very common situation until you're on the battlefield. Um, that, you know, training in a bubble is is difficult and it's really kind of out there on on the field that uh, that you really come into focus. Um, <clears throat> which, as someone who's worn glasses your whole life, you understand uh, quite well. So, uh, Trooper Viss, um, you find yourself on a, a transport vehicle um, and you're traveling between sectors. Uh, there are rumors that the Glorious Regals uh, will be called up into extraordinarily active duty uh, and put into a live war zone of the utmost importance soon. So far, um, you and your unit uh, have had a number of small successes, and generally the regiments uh, 
reputation and renown is growing within the sector and important people are starting to notice. Um, Flavius Septimus, the uh, commander of uh, the, the Glorious Regals, uh, has taken to sending out uh, semi-regular Vox recordings to be played um, to recruits. And um, his most recent one is still kind of ringing in your ears as uh, you know the commander himself, um, who you've yet to meet in person, sort of loudly declared, we are, uh, are on an upward trajectory. God. People are taking notice. And the more <laughs> notice they take, the higher we'll rise. After all, we're the glorious regals. And for the glory of the emperor, ours is an impeccable might. So I want you, each and every one of you, to ask yourself what you can do for the cause, what you can do for the emperor, and more importantly, what you can do today to make his imperium a safer place. I'm expecting a lot from you. Keep it up, recruits. Uh, and there's like a Mr. Black level of like his voice drops out and someone else records whatever rank uh, this this Vox is being played for. Um, and despite that, Atticus, this still is kind of impressive. Like the commander is 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 pleased with the progress of the unit. And uh, though you would have different feelings about him uh, later when you met him uh, in person, for now, he still kind of stands large as, as a figure. Um You've taken up a, uh, a hobby uh, that you're currently engaged in on uh, on the, the dropship um, of uh, of carving. You're in the process of carving um, a, a a monument uh, to the emperor into your your armor. Your armor is still relatively untouched. You've been sent. Uh, your units have seen some action, but a lot of it has been kind of away from the front lines, relief work. Um, you know, trying to get in, uh, get injured civilians out secure facilities, that sort of thing. You've been in a few firefights. Um, you've definitely dealt with, you know, some cultists here and there, um, that sort of thing. But uh, I think particularly for you, there's kind of a sense of like going up the roller coaster and not yet coming down uh, the the other side. Um, where uh, Where's Atticus's head at in this kind of young uh, thing as you take your two very organic arms and put them to work <laughs> uh, in, in carving uh, this, this chest plate? You've got your sword, um, a weapon you're still not 100% on, um, strapped to your hip, uh, as well as a las pistol. Um, you're, you're a bulky guy. Um, you've been shown to be good up close. So right now, kind of your big task is keep melee fighters away from the shooters. Um, and uh, as a result, you're adding some some adornments to your armor. But where, where's, that, where's Trooper Atticus still kind of green, still a ways out from uh, Vicodin? Where's your head at? Um, Atticus's head space would be about, he'd be in a place of like, he think he, he has something to prove. He has to be worthy of being in the emperor's, uh, army. Yeah. Yeah. Gotcha. So being recruited, he has to now, he feels that he has not proven himself worthy of of being recruited yet gotcha okay um you kind of feel a, a jostle next to you uh that it, you note is uh carefully done between strokes of of your chisel so like purposefully like paying attention to you enough that they're not going to interrupt anything and um Another trooper sits down next to you, uh, and you recognize him. Uh, he's a member of your unit. Uh, you've known him. It's a bit like uh, Gerard Butler um, in his prime. Um, 
sort of a you know that sort of square jaw um uh sort of solid looking guy uh you recognize him as uh gareth scarhouse um uh, one of the other troopers i don't think you're overly friendly with with everyone you're jovial certainly but uh you've got something to prove and you're not um you know you're it's i think a little bit of an eyes on the prize kind of situation but gareth seems yeah. like good people and you know again you you respect uh quality of of service i'm what? sorry i just need a clarification is this gerard butler 300 or gerard butler dracula 2000 um how I would ripped say, is this butler i yeah. just want to know what kind of i, I, I should I be would, right now. i would say um uh olympus has fallen ish so like he's not jacked oh. and he's 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 like a little he's, he's not cresting like, he's cresting, if, yeah. if we're looking for younger <laughs> it could be reign of fire gerard butler that's in between the oh, dracula 2000 one. and the three yeah that's okay i'll take that honestly when i think reign of fire i only think mcconaughey's beard uh, yeah. So yeah, no it's, one remembers it's hard Gerard, for me to remember. Gerard yeah. Butler was Christian Bale's best friend who yeah. also like wandered around the Literally base. The Doctor Dre of Rain of Fire because everyone forgot about him. Uh, mm-hmm. Okay, sure, we'll go with that Butler. That's our Butler. Thanks. Um, yeah. <laughs> Thanks so uh, yeah, no, I understand. I understand. There's, I mean, it's like Gerard Butler's a bit of a Baskin Robbins situation. There's just so many flavors of Butler. <laughs> you really gotta know which which one to pick. Um, <clears throat> so he he sits down. And uh, he says, uh, uh, Trooper Viss, I notice you're, well, you look a little edgy. Um, and, uh, you know, I know we haven't spoken too much, but I just want to say that I've seen you out there uh, on, on the missions we've been on. And you're, you've got the calmest head of, of, honestly, anyone here other than Sarge. So if you're worried, I get it, but just... So you know, like me and some of the, the other folks here, like we know you're up to it. Uh, and you realize he's misinterpreted your kind of thoughts about proving your worth to the emperor <laughs> to be in his army as like battlefield jitters. Uh, okay, yeah. I think Atticus will look at him kind of like confused, like raise cock and eyebrow and just look at him. And say, uh, what are you saying right now? Well, it just, it, you know, I looked over here and you had kind of that thousand yard stare. Like you're really focused and, and worried. Uh, and, you know, I know there's a lot of pressure on us, but I, I, I just thought you were worried about combats ahead. You know, we're all still pretty green. We haven't really been in a proper fight yet. And I was just wanted you to know that we all have confidence in you we think you're great and there's like muttering of like yeah yeah you're good <laughs> right well uh thanks lads but uh i'm pretty well versed in combat uh quite looking forward to uh putting my experience into the service of the emperor more uh excited let's say as opposed to nervous or worried eh? And there's like some some classic we haven't seen combat yet, like uh, cheers uh, and, uh, and and sort of like um, some mutterings of of you know like yeah yeah damn right like we're we're gonna put Imperium ass uh, like put foot Imperium foot to ass yeah yeah it's like <laughs> the one guy always stumbles over his words and everyone's like sure man that could have been cool but you fucked it up. <laughs> um, <clears throat> 
And then um, there's kind of like a, yeah, uh, you, you hear um, sort of a voice uh, from the front be like, all right, all right, everybody shut the fuck up. Like, especially you, Stumbly Dave, like, you really got to stop ruining those action hero lines. We, we kind of need those. Um, and uh, you recognize uh, Sergeant Pratik is uh, is making his way back through the um, back through um, the back of the ship. Um, and uh, he is Atticus kind of exactly what you aspire to be in the army of the Imperium. Like, um, you know, he's good with the men, uh, the women, the people. He's like good with the troops, good with command, but just enough of an edge, just enough of a, a glint in his eye um, that, you know, you know exactly when he's bending a rule, you know why he's doing it. And um, also just a, a fearsome fighter. Uh, he's known for uh, dual wielding chain swords in a way that uh, a lot of people uh, don't you've done some sparring with him you don't know him personally again like it's it's a big unit but um uh yeah sergeant pratik is like a good he's exactly kind of what you think the army of the imperium should be and so far in your experience kind of is because you've sort of lucked out with with a lot of this this crew um and uh uh pratik just says um yeah, so we've uh, we've received some updated orders. Um, seems there's a, a problem on a, on a local planet nearby, uh, known as uh, Acton Four. It's a sort of minor fiefdom type of situation, but they're kind of important to the uh, very specific part used in the construction of uh, land speeders. Uh, as you know, our armored brethren in the Adeptus Astartes are rather fond of them. Uh, don't let me drive them, but uh, if they did, I'd probably be fond of them too. They're a very useful tool for advanced scouting and speed, and we need those things flying as best we can, as many of them as we can. So it's our job to go down there and uh, have a word with the governor. Seems he thinks he's beyond the reach of the Lords of Terra. He managed to flip his local uh, planetary defense forces, and now the PDF is standing with him. Now, uh, the bad news is... Some of our fellow uh, Imperial Guardsmen were killed on the planet when he turned on them. So the word I've gotten from the uh, remaining commander on planet side is the Commissar is dead. Their legions are in shambles and uh, this asshole is holed up in his mansion. Now, the good news is they went down fighting and they punched a hell of a hole in his front line. But seems they need a hand to drag him kicking and screaming off his little throne. So... That's what we're going in to do. Now, look, I don't need to tell all of you how important it is to make sure that whenever one of these assholes puts their head up, that head comes off. So we can't have this kind of dissent. And we particularly can't have someone in control of a planetary defense force and a vital piece of the war machine turning on our troops. Now, I know we all dream of getting to wet our blades on, you know, Xenos or heretics or, you know, punching some scumbag directly back into the warp. But this is equally important. This is what the Emperor wills. This is what we must do. So we're taking a little detour, folks. I need you to suit up, get ready, because uh, as soon as we hit the planet side, we're going directly into an active combat scenario. We cannot let our fellow guardsmen have died for nothing. And if we fail, that's exactly what will have happened. So suit up. We're about to... Uh, we're making the detour. We'll be making Planet Fall in about an hour. So smoke them if you got them. 
but do it quietly because you're not supposed to have them. Um, and with a nod, he uh, he kind of makes his way back through, sort of up into the the, the guts of the ship. Um, you can think of this as like a um, a troop transport that has kind of uh, uh, almost like D-Day Normandy style uh, landers. Uh, certainly, nothing as impressive as drop pods because, like, you're you're all real fleshy, and that would you just explode. Um, so you've essentially. Like you're in one of those now, getting geared up uh, because uh, you're going to be making active plan side. Uh, so Atticus, um, leaving the work of your armor, which is looking rather resplendent, I may say, um, uh, Scarhouse um, just kind of like goes to pat you on the shoulder and like hits one of the spikes. He's like, "Ow, God, damn, that's that's impressive, Vis. <laughs> I like your style." And thank you. Uh, and he says, uh, and hey, look, um, I'm sorry we got things so wrong. We just, uh, we're, we're lucky to have you. I feel like you're you're the wall that, uh, you know, keeps the rest of us safe. So appreciate the work you do. Let's go kick some ass. Too right. Uh, so he makes his way off and uh, you find yourself gearing up, um, uh, surrounded by a couple of unfamiliar troopers uh, from the unit. You know everyone by face and, and possibly by name. Uh, Ryan and Laura, who uh, who is Atticus gearing up next to? Uh, he's gearing up next to uh, demolitions expert uh, Tsavora Dragonarov. Dragonarov. Yeah, she's a cool lady who doesn't take shit from anyone. All right, awesome. So, uh, your demolitions expert, um, what uh, what kind of gear are you strapping on? Uh, if you'll recall, the glorious regals wear an unnecessarily formal, um, like almost dress uniform style jacket. So, um, in re-listening to uh, the previous episode to get a, a taste for how we described them, uh, I described then Prince Charles uh, what he's doing tours now King Charles <laughs> his kind of fancy red outfits. Um, from when he's, you know, going around doing his thing. So um, the Glorious Regals are overdressed at all times. You look a little bit like a fucking nutcracker. Um, that said, <laughs> everyone, including sort of future state Atticus, um, has modified their their outfit to suit their needs. So uh, for uh, Dragonarov, um, you know, your demo expert, what kind of gear do you have and what kind of modifications have you made to this overly dressy outfit? If um, any? So uh, I've got a flamer. And yep. I've got a demolition charge, demo charge. Mm-hmm. That's just like a bomb. Yeah, it's like a big, um, <laughs> you can think of it as like a big flat. Uh, it's almost like a like a landmine, but that you slap on the side of a, a vehicle um, or a wall. Okay. So like a breach, uh, a heavy breach charge. Um, if you wanted to bring a building down, you'd put several of them around and then you'd press beep and they'd go kaboom. Okay, cool. Yeah, in 40K, they can shift from the size of like a football to as big as like a small briefcase, depending on the kind you're carrying. Yeah, I was thinking of these things as like a... Uh, the melt-a-bombs. Like a, they, they're the, they're the mm. traditional clamp to wall. Okay, gotcha. So kaboom. I was thinking this thing is like a like, uh, you know, personal size pizza. Um, so demo charge <laughs> just being like, it's not quite as big as a melt-a-bomb. Um, there are... Like the Glorious Regals have... Uh, they... Like they come from money. Uh, your planet is very moneyed, and as a result, um, you have some toys that people don't normally get. 
uh, hence the abundance of like high quality weaponry uh, on on your prisons. Um, that said, not everyone gets a melt bomb because you're all recruits, and that's a recipe for a lot of dead recruits. So yeah, like a personal pizza, a personal plan pizza. If I'm Guy Bradford. <laughs> Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so small charge that probably like hangs off your, your belt. Cool. Um, yeah. And how, what have you done with your, your, your fancy, your fancy garb, if anything? Uh, so, uh, Savora, uh, she is, everything's like weird kind of black smoky flame, like mm-hmm. coming up from the bottom of her basically all of her like clothing <laughs> and armored okay, up yep. to like halfway. And then the rest is just like an orange glow above the smoke to like deep red right. at the top. I love that. So just like basically been like quietly smudging the like char off the flamer into mm-hmm. her outfit and mm-hmm. being like, oh, it's just dirty, but like secretly turning it into an awesome like fire outfit. Love that. Um, great. So we've got Sephora and uh, Ryan, who, uh, who else is getting ready next to Atticus? I am Moose Mouse. Moose Mouse. The, the heavy Moose weapons Mouse. expert carrying a heavy bolter that almost appears bigger than he is. Think Kevin Hart, but slightly smaller. Uh, he is wearing the fancy jacket, the hat, all the stuff you'd picture, almost Morty and Iron Guard style, only it looks like he's wearing his dad's uniform. And how he is corrected is, is he has taken a bunch of extra decorative sashes that he has tied around himself to pull his uniform in. And he is just sitting with a giant heavy bolter that's been polished so brilliantly it almost looks like a musical instrument. It's got that, like, like as shiny as a tuba is what he always says as he's working away. <laughs> Uh, and he's just there with this. He's like, man, I can't wait for this. I'm, I'm going to fuck some shit up. I get the mouse name now. It makes makes sense. I mean, I didn't pick it. This is Patreon. Don't blame this on me. <laughs> 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 yeah, on that note, uh, welcome to um, uh, The Detour. Hey, this is Nero Abagnale from... Uh, Warhammer 40,000, The Valentine Heresy. And look, if you want to help support us in pulling back the curtain on uh, some of the mysteries of the galaxy, like, uh, you know, figuring out what all this Horus stuff means or uh, finding these uh, these uh, new men, well, we're going to need your help. So for just the cost of a dollar a month, you can join our, our Patreon at patreon.com slash dumdumdice. And yeah, for just that, you can talk to other fans in the Discord, swap theories about uh, the nature of the Golden Throne, uh, about, you know, what really happened back in the day you can really get to the heart of things or you know at five dollars you can listen to this very show ad free uh, as well as some of our other shows uh at fifteen dollars you can add some names to the shows you can hear your own uh you know names showing up and stuff and at twenty five dollars you can create your very own character who will go with us on some of our adventures as well as uh, getting your name added to the credits which is a good way to immortalize yourself you know like like horace did when he got his name added to the credits of history you know so uh if you want to be like horace go to uh patreon.com slash dumdumdice it's D-U-M-B, D-U-M-B, D-I-C-E, and, you know, we'll figure this out together. This is a, uh, a brief mini arc. Um, we are, uh, we've had some scheduling hijinks, and as a result, we needed to uh, just take a little bit of time where we didn't have the full cast. Uh, and so we've decided to explore uh, Atticus's history a bit and uh, find out how he became uh, the lovable colonel we all know and love. Uh, so for this uh, mini arc, uh, as uh, Father Marcellus, uh, you know, thinks on 
thinks back on how he, he, <laughs> he met first met Atticus Fist. Um, I've asked uh, some of the folks on Patreon to submit uh, soldiers. Uh, as you know, the Imperial Guard are quite squishy. And in this grim darkness of the future where there is only war, uh, many of them will die. <laughs> so um, thank you, Patreon, uh, for your characters and names. If, we, if you hear some wacky names coming through in our grim dark future, that's why. Um, but also uh, prepare for some hijinks as we, we learn the, the secret untold history, if I'm stealing the Marvel or DC way of framing this. <laughs> Of, uh, of Atticus Viss, uh, and we will be back to mainline Valentine uh, very soon, uh, as soon as we can get everyone back in one digital room. But until then, we are in the, the cargo hold uh, with uh, Moose Mouse, who I wrote down as Mouse Moose, uh, which is just going to happen for me for the rest of the game. Just add a comma after Mouse, and it's perfect. <laughs> yeah, yeah like go, Bond, yeah. James Bond. Yeah. Um, we've got uh, Sephora uh, Draganarov and, of course, Atticus Viss. So, uh, Savora is Savora is uh, or Savora. Sorry, she. Uh, uh, <laughs> we got like the actor prompt here. Like, what actor would play them is Perry Gilpin, uh, i.e. Roz from Frasier. So she just looks to Moose um, and Atticus and says, "says, but guys, how am I ever gonna find a man?" If we just keep getting detoured to these backwater planets. Hey, baby, I'm right here. <laughs> you never again. There's like laughter throughout the, the hold. I think like most of the people have had a fling with uh, uh, Moose Mouth at some point. Um, and with Zavora. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just like, like so. yeah. Um, hey, man, I do what I do. Can't blame me. There's more than enough. Moose mouse to go around. You guys yeah. want some moose meat? <laughs> and did you just hear from from like someone from over there be like, "No, we've told you, we're done with the moose meat. No more moose meat." That's what everybody uh, says till they get lonely. And then Sergeant Critique just like pokes his head back through, and he's like, "Hey, hey, remember the seminar I made you all sit through? No more fraternization. Seriously, they will break up the unit. They will send you to different units." If y'all keep fucking each other. So just like. Uh, stop being such a wet blanket. And like that wounds him deeply. He likes being the cool mom. And he's just like, ah. I'll show him what he can do with a wet blanket. <laughs> I've told you, Moose Mouse, never Ross, again. I mean, Savora rolls her eyes. Yeah. Um, so Atticus, your your faith in this unit is, I think, quickly quickly dwindling <laughs> as the, the Gareth Scarhouses stand like tantalizingly far away. Uh, from I'm, I'm just losing the grim dark future setting where they can't stop the guardsmen from fucking. <laughs> it's just really funny. It's just a societal problem. I mean, I can fucking <laughs> vent the whole unit, Look. but then we have to really figure out how Atticus survived in vacuum. Um, <laughs> Look, we decided to go to Patreon for these names, <laughs> these yeah. characters. Yeah. Um, so, um, Atticus, how are you feeling about your your squad mates here uh, as this this exchange goes on? This this very unprofessional, non get the job done kind of exchange. Yeah, it's almost <laughs> like this experience is going to shape him in a way that makes that you know future uh, in the future he'll he'll have some kind of creed of like as long as the soldier beside you does their job, everything will be fine kind of thing. Interesting. Uh, almost he could he couldn't possibly know that now, but he certainly feels uneasy about the people he's with. Yeah, hey yep. man, you gotta joke around more. When you tell a lot of jokes, you can't die. 
And with that, the dropship like detaches <laughs> uh, and uh, begins to um, uh, to kind of break through the atmosphere. So um, Sarge uh, is, you know, like holding the, you know, the cord with you all as uh, as the ship begins its descent, um, firing its kind of like landing thrusters. Um, and he just says, uh, all right, listen, um, I know we've been on some operations previously. A lot of them weren't on the front line. This is going to be very, very different. So try and take care of each other as best you can. Um, if you tell jokes, you can't die apparently. So like, maybe that's the armor that we need, but look, just do what you've been trained to do, do the best you can. And you know, we'll one way or another, we'll, uh, we'll pull this off. Uh, after all, it's the glory of the emperor. Ours is an impeccable might. And everyone gives like the equivalent of a, an oorah, which is probably just having to repeat that whole fucking sentence. Um, <laughs> And then the uh, the dropship um, kind of like comes to a skidding halt, uh, and you can hear explosions around you, which is new, because normally you've heard them in the distance. Uh, in this case, you're hearing other dropships being blasted out of the sky, mm. um, and so you know the the front hatch um, uh, just sort of clicks um, and uh, and drops. Uh, and immediately, uh, Laz fire comes pouring in. Uh, you watch one of the troopers beside you just explode as uh, as Laz fire comes kind of um, uh, funneling in. Uh, in front of you, um, you see very much like any level from Gears of War. Uh, it's like a very ornate courtyard, um, uh, sort of in the center of a city. You've got slightly bombed out buildings on all sides of you. Everything's very like industrial gray and marble. Um. The streets are, are uh, it's, it, the city's clearly built on a grid pattern, but there's enough debris that now it's it's kind of janky. It's hard to see. Um, in the distance, you can see the mansion, uh, the governor's mansion, kind of like up on a hill uh, behind a heavy fence with kind of turrets that are just blasting um, downward at people. And around you, you can see uh, the corpses of the, the, the guardsmen who came before you. Um, clearly, uh, the, the small team that was sent here to kind of assist the PDF forces prior to the uh, the betrayal, have been completely wiped out um, in exceedingly brutal ways. Uh, you can see that uh, not only were they killed, but a lot of their bodies have been um, sort of like strung up as warnings. Uh, you can see uh, bodies hung off the side of buildings, impaled on buildings. Um, you know, there's like imps go home has been like painted in large, uh, large letters. Um, the place is a, is a grim sight. Um, so you can tell that there's embedded positions before you. You're basically your mission, uh, as, as the Sarge yells, kind of like gesturing with one of his chain swords forward is, uh, to push forward through this, this, this sort of town square, uh, makes the governor's mansion and hell or high water governor's got to die, um, or be brought to justice. But like. He's gunning the chain swords. Justice. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. He says it because he has to say it, but you can tell that he doesn't want it. Um, So with Laz fire um, pouring through the, uh, through the entranceway, um, what, uh, what do the three of you do? Uh, Atticus uh, will uh, turn to the other two and say, uh, right, don't bunch up. Spread apart and don't stop moving. They pin us down out there. We're as good as dead. Move out. And he'll just run, run into the fray. Moose and uh, Savora, what do you do? Uh, Savora just like 
starts running on the she'll take like the right outside edge and just uh start flaming stuff just to set things on fire and cause chaos yep and moose here to get pinned i'm here to do the pinning uh and he runs out and then he'll just brace his heavy bolter and just open fire on whatever because like if they're working at a string of bunkers he knows okay like he's he seems like an idiot but he does actually know his job (laughs) so it's like he's got to be there to open fire to get people to duck down so that people with for example atticus with a sword or the flamer can get close so it's just like pour fire into it as a suppression when they can get close i stop they massacre them repeat Great. Okay. So in the immediate space in front of you, there's basically um, a choke point just before this courtyard. And you can see that there's kind of two um, bunkers is probably too strong a term, but like little barricaded um, machine gun nests that have like um, la- like a, a bunch of folks firing LAS, uh, LAS rifles um, out at you, LAS guns. Um, beyond that, um, there's sort of the square with a giant statue of the governor in the center of it. Um, and you can't really see much beyond that. There's too much smoke and chaos. Um, between you and there, there's like, um, a few kind of like burnt out cars. Um, the street itself is cracked under the weight of, uh, heavy artillery and heavy machinery. Um, you've got buildings on either side of you that are kind of roughly busted up. Uh, and then again, just kind of like a bunch of corpses. Um, so... From your description there, Ryan. Um, All right, yeah. If you want me to lay it out specifically, he'd book it to one of the collapsed vehicles and get behind the engine block because the rest of a car in real life doesn't protect you from bullets. It's just the engine block. And then he'd set up on it and just hose the emplacement. If Atticus and uh, Savora are on the right side, then he'd hose the right side emplacement so they can get closer to it. Right. And then Savora, you're setting up like a perimeter of, of, of flame, right? Like you're just walking out and sort of torching in a line to to try and create some cover and or chaos? Um, yeah, Savora will... Essentially, she'll... She's just going to set fire to every single thing that's in her path. <laughs> okay. It'll, it'll cause chaos. It'll also cause cover for any... Or create cover for anyone coming behind, you know, with the flames and the smoke. Amazing. So um, just begin spraying kind of a, yeah. like a, a, a spray of fire out in front of you. And Atticus, um, you are running up uh, behind them. What are you? You charge out ahead. And first, then they kind so of, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I'm running uh, into a frag grenade throwing distance of these uh, these okay. machine gun nests. All right. So uh, I um, get to cover, but yeah. No. So, okay. So you're charging forward for fragging. Um, all right. So, um, so for us, since you're a very large target uh, and are making a very mm-hmm. big deal of yourself, uh, they open fire on you first. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Um, I've gone ahead and rolled. Um, so uh, you are struck by uh, by Laz gun fire as you yeah. you step out uh, and, and start, start burning. Uh, so you have a, a soak value of four um, on your uh, due to your military flak jacket. And Hell your yeah. your base level uh, skills, um, you get hit um, from kind of this this uh, spray of fire uh, from uh, the the Lasgun nest. It's going to deal um, eight damage, so that'll be uh, four for you uh, after oh. your soak. Um, so immediately, you know, like 
step out, start burning, and just a, a, a round hits you, and like you're hit by a few rounds. Most your armor takes most of it. One gets between a joint, and you can just feel laser energy kind of like burning, uh, burning through your shoulder. Just like the worst impression of Roz ever. It's like, but I haven't found love yet. <laughs> well, look, you don't have a snooty doctor to yell at about like working conditions. It's so it's, it's harder to exist. There's a reason there was no Roz spinoff. Um, so, uh, yeah. So you yell that and you continue to, uh, to spray fire. Oh, uh, Atticus, the other nest is going to open fire on you because you are charging forward. Uh uh, but I'm going to say they are also under fire from Moose, so that will give them some disadvantage. Uh, and you have defense, I believe, Tyler, of... One for ranged. One for ranged. Okay, great. All right, we're rolling. Uh, one failure. So due to the heavy fire they're under from, from Moose... Uh, Atticus, you're able to, to get up to, to range. I'll also say, in terms of story points, um, you're all very, very squishy. So I'm going to say it's uh, it's three and one in favor of you oh, uh, nice. to kick things off. Um, you know, want to make sure you all get get a, a kick at the can before you kick the can. Before kicking the can? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. Um, Atticus, so you're charging forward and yours is the most direct action. Uh, what do you want to do? Uh, it's just to get to cover so that I can lob a grenade uh, into the nest. Okay, great. So let's go ahead with the throw. Okay. Um, for those of you listening at home, um, Atticus, uh, being earlier in his adventure, hmm. uh, is a much lower statted character than than the one we know and love. Uh, so yeah. get, get ready for some weirdness. <laughs> um, all right. So yeah, this is ranged lights, uh, two yellow, one green. Um, as a baseline thing, um, I'm going to give you a boost because of the covering fire that Moose is throwing down. I think it, it buys you time to aim a little bit better. Um, yeah, that's it from me, I think. Uh, unless anyone wants to make a case for anything else. I think I'm going to need difficulty dice. Oh, uh, yeah. So I believe a... As happy as I would have been to roll like this. <laughs> yeah, just roll only <laughs> only positives. Yeah. Um, I'm pretty sure for grenade, it's... Uh, I double check this. But I think it's just a ranged... Yeah, because it's ranged light. So... Um, it's range medium for the throw. Range medium. Okay, so that'll be uh, three purple. Okay. Um, and since we can't be caught out here, uh, I'm going to use a, uh, a story point. Sure. Seems fair. Just, uh, Atticus knows Good. how crucial this is. Good. Um, gotta save Roz. And yeah, well, just has to, has to get in. I was going to say, gotta if we want to make Atticus the hero, we should make it so only he can use story points. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, honestly. I'm fine with sharing the story There was points. a, um, care. There's an Army of Darkness TTRPG that uh, is awesome. But basically, it's like, well, only one of you gets to be the chosen one and everyone else is screwheads who are just, like, more expendable. And as a result, all of the non-Ash people get a fuck ton of story points. And the chosen <laughs> one gets fewer because they have cool stats, can do a bunch. But everyone else is like, you're expendable. You're going in the meat grinder. So you always get fun shit <laughs> to do. Funny. So, like, hold tight to those story points. Use them for fun. Yeah. I don't know. Get an yeah. ice cream cone or something. <laughs> 
Cash them in for a novelty uh, comb. I'm uh, I'm ready to roll. Go for it, bud. Uh, total result of these one, two, three, four, five, six, seven dice that I rolled is one advantage. <laughs> Oof. Okay, so you you hurl the grenade, um, and uh, unfortunately, just due to the amount of chaos that's around you, um, uh, you know it's it's a bad toss. Uh, it gets <laughs> you know it, it dings off a flagpole and and kind of skitters into uh, nice. like one of those ones that kind of comes diagonally off a building. Um, not like just a single standing flagpole for no reason, <laughs> but uh, you know like the ones a hotel has. Um, dings mm-hmm. off that, bounces into uh, an upper floor, blows a chunk off the side of the building. Rubble kind of rains down on the nest. Um, so I'm going to say uh, it's one one advantage forward to um, whoever is attacking that nest next, um, which is probably going to be Moose, would be my guess. Um, but uh, unfortunately, your, your grenade does, does go wide. Uh, you know, it's just... Something about your arm. It's not a great arm. You know, it's you've never been thrilled about it. If only it. it was more precise. Yeah, that'd be that'd be super good. Uh, but what are the odds? How could that how could that happen? Um, Arms and precision? I don't know. I don't see it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh Moose, given that you're the other uh big ranged person, um, what do you do? He's just gonna keep like the moment the grenade doesn't land it. Okay, now he's got to make kill shots. So he just shifts from full auto over to short bursts of like three bolts. He's just like, I don't think you've had a little moose in you. So how about you have a big old fucking bolt? Uh, he's just gonna keep shooting that gun that he's braced on the vehicle. All right, go for it. All right, what's my difficulty, baby? Um, I think for the size of gun you're firing, it's difficulty three. Okay. Um, you get a boost. Dope. From uh, your good pal Atticus, from your good acquaintance Atticus, <laughs> I don't think he's your pal. Um, <laughs> I'll give you another boost because there is rubble falling down on them right now, so they're not exactly uh, fully just out there. Uh, that said, they are in cover, uh, so that'll be a setback. Uh, yep, as well. Are they wearing military armor? Or what's what's their defense? Oh, you know what? Yes, they are. So I'm sorry, that's an additional one. Yep, uh, uh, and. Considering that he's bracing his heavy vehicle or his heavy gun on a vehicle, could that be sold as another boost for stability yeah, for, my, for sure. my little boy? Cool. Successfully argued for brace. Congratulations. But I use it in a different non non I know. I'm proud. Gay way. Uh, and I'm going to use a story point as well because fuck it. Why not? Yeah. All right. I will use yeah. one too to keep things fucking Woo. interesting. Okie dokie. Here we go. Three successes, one threat. Uh, okay, great. So what's the, the damage on your, your heavy bolter? Uh, seven. It'll, so plus the successes, it's 17 damage. Uh, it Ooh. is pierce three and it oh, is vicious yeah, three. No, so it ignores goodbye. three soak. Yeah. So you just melt that. Uh, you just like blast, uh, blast apart the, the, the machine gun nest. Um, you know, you see PDF troops clearly using like Imperial guard guns, which is also just a bit of a kick in the dick. Um, hmm. just get like blown away um, and uh, you know you see at, you kind of like as you're you're, you're firing um, you kind of like catch Atticus's eye Atticus would you give him like a, a good job on this or are you still just just in it I think he's just in in, in the heat of it uh, uh, he'll see it as uh, like an opportunity like in the situation to like 
just push 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 that goalpost further kind of thing. So that's like good that way. Great. So uh, Savora, they're kind of leaving you behind now. Um, what what do you do? Um, how far because you away? can't run while firing a flamethrower directly in front of you, or you yeah yeah yeah. There. How far away is the <laughs> nest? Or, no, sorry, the nest is destroyed. So there's two nests. There's the one on the right and the one on the left. The one on the right is toast. The one on the yeah. left is the one that shot you and is still firing. And how far away is it? Uh, two range bands. Oh, okay. Um, Does that mean it's like one move away functionally for her to fire a flamer into, Tom? Yeah, it'd be one move to get to range. Um, and then you could... Okay, yeah. Uh, what Savora will do... Uh, she'll sight it up so she gets like just a good idea of exactly where it is and then she's going to run forward and duck behind a flaming vehicle uh just ready to shoot through the fire with Hmm. fire towards the nest okay um awesome do you want to do that this round or are you gonna wait well yeah if i can then fuck yeah (laughs) go for it it's one shot baby let's do it oh yeah all right oh okay what am i doing here this is a flamer uh, two yellow bar. Plenty of your strengths. It's just it's just two yellow, right? It yep. is just two yellow. Cool. Because we're all weak. Right. Okay. Um so two yellow, <laughs> um difficulty of uh two. Yeah. I think based on this range. Um I'm gonna spend a no, I'm not gonna spend any story points. Um, I'm, I'm gonna, gonna spend a story point. Okay. Um, <laughs> I like you. Well, I like you. <laughs> you just need to get to know me. Um, all right. So that switches us to one and three in my favor. Um, yeah. I'm going to give you a. Hmm. They're in cover. So that's a disadvantage. They have armor. So it's another. But I looked at them so good. You so did that look at them real good. So yeah, one. I can give you a boost. <laughs> um. And I think that's it. That's fine. That's I'll, I'll roll. I'll I just mean, roll. would we throw a boost in there because it's a flamethrower being fired into an enclosed space? Um, it's not a full, fully built bunker. It's like a ah. like a bunch of shit piled up with folks behind it. Also, I think because Fair. you're firing a flamer through a burnt out car, some of the like no, 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 through the flames. So you're firing like <laughs> above the car. Above the car. Through the fire and the flames. The f- and yeah, on. they're just going to okay. get attacked by, like, the fire is going to attack them. Sure, I'll get it. From you their for perspective. Yeah, right. Sure. <laughs> sure. Love it. You don't, Laura, you, you don't have control over fire. <laughs> no, no, we've, apparently we've got a full <laughs> Metal Gear villain. It's just Excuse like. Excuse <laughs> me, sir. I believe I have a flamer. <laughs> I'm rolling. <laughs> Yeah, if there's one thing we know about 40k weapons, it's that precision is their... Uh... See, that's Laura's laugh, but that's not... I don't think that's a... I rolled really well, Laura. No, laugh. I don't yeah, think so. Is. I think it no, might it be is. really well, yeah. It's, it's funny, because y'all think I suck. Uh, one success, two <laughs> advantages, one triumph. Oh, Jesus, a little bit of everything. Yeah. Cool. Turns out you do melt that nest. What do you yell as the, the nest burns? Um, <laughs> I think she just... She just yells, I'm going to live forever. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Amazing. So as that nest burns, you yell, I'm going to live forever. And um, the three of you push up. And like the best way to think of this, this is a dumb pull, but it kind of works. In the Call of Duty games, there's like usually like two main characters you walk around with who are like fully voice acted. 
And then there's just an infinite tide of newly, and they all have names. And often you shoot them or other people shoot them and then just more, more follow. It's that kind of thing. So like, don't imagine it's just the three of you as a cool little squad. It's like, yeah, through all of this, there are other people firing and dying. Yeah, we're going to become those people later. You sure will. <laughs> um, and, uh, I don't know what you're talking about. Moose Mouse just deserves such I mean, an epic I'm not, story. Because I'm going to live forever. Millennium. Look, I, I, I read Gav Thorpe's eight book series on Moose Mouth. And like, it's true. He's, he's a beloved <laughs> character in, in the canon. Um, so together you, you push up, um, kind of with, with the troops, um, you know, uh, the the Sarge is like up there, probably like alongside you, Atticus, um, just like revving the swords, um, just doing that like Viking run where it's kind of like need to get in there because can't really do too much. Uh, got a bit of a revengeance thing, I guess, going where it's just kind of holding chain swords out in front of him, hoping to deflect random, uh, shells. Um, all of you press forward, and this this gaudy uh, statue of the governor kind of greets you. Think like a um, uh, like Stephen Fry um, in his most like I'm playing hedon hedonism bot kind of thing. So yep. he's wearing like the, the Grecian robe. He's got the laurels, holding like a goblet to the sky. Um, just a very like uh, very clear image of of excess and wealth. Um, which would, you know, I think probably Atticus for you particularly, like, this is where you build a statue to the emperor. This isn't where you build a statue to yourself. Yeah, um, no, I've I've never seen such extravagance. Uh, pe- almost, I, I think, period at this point. Uh, and that it's not in, in the name of the emperor. It just makes no sense. Yeah. And kind of on the air, um, as, as you charge forward, uh, you can hear... Uh, singing and you know that the the famous uh father marcellus is is out there with you um singing you know his famous battle hymns um and they're you know being picked up on the wind as like he's clearly doing his thing somewhere but everyone else is kind of picking it up and you know you stare at this statue with disgust uh at, at the the opulence of it but at the same time you you almost feel like you're part of a tide, uh, a tide mm-hmm. of, of kind of the, the Imperium's might rolling forward. And this is the first time you really feel like a soldier in, in the, the Emperor's army. Um, and almost by sheer force of will uh, or the will of the Emperor uh, himself, uh, you, you stare deeply at this statue and you watch it explode. You watch the Emperor's might flow through you and obliterate this this blasphemy um, until you hear uh, the sound of, of crunching concrete and uh, screams, uh, and you realize that it wasn't the Emperor's might that blew the statue apart. Uh, it's the commandeered Lehman Rust tank that's rolling up into this square and just obliterating your fellow soldiers that blew up the statue. And as kind of the world focuses around you, you you grip your sword and your pistol, uh, and Atticus, Savora, and Moosemouth, you engage in combat with the tank. This episode of the Valentine Heresy features Ryan Laplante at the Ryan Laplante on Twitter as Inquisitor Lucius Valentine, Tyler Hewitt at Tyler underscore Hewitt on Twitter as Atticus Viz, Laura Hamstra at El Hamstring on Twitter as Eli Sharp. Del Borovic at Deltastic on Twitter as Morgan Rawls, and our Game Master Tom McGee at McGeeTD on Twitter. 
This episode was edited and mixed by Laura Hamstra, and the Valentine Heresy's artwork was created by Del Borvik at delborvik.com, D-E-L-B-O-R-O-V-I-C. Our theme song is The Hordes by Megan McDuffie, and our ads use the tracks No Control and Chiefs by Jazzar, J-A-H-Z-Z-A-R, available at freemusicarchive.org. When it comes to Dum Dums and Dice, you can visit our website at dumdumdice.com. Our Twitter and Instagram are at dumdumdice, and on Facebook at facebook.com slash dumdumdice. We have merch dice available at redbubble.com slash people slash dumdumdice. And most importantly, you can join our Patreon at patreon.com slash dumdumdice. That's D-U-M-B, D-U-M-B, D-I-C-E. Ave Imperator, and death to all the heretics. Dum Dums and Dice has to give a special thank you to the supreme beings of our Patreon at this time. The Half-Blind Prophet, Christopher Little, Sue One, George Dolby, Richard Cranium, Sammy Boy, Orion Birchfield, Scott Garland, Benjamin V, Gavin and Abby McDonald, Logan, Fire Unfriendly, Acrix, Grandma Likes D&D, Alan, Austin Nut Powers Fry, Stabby Stranger, Glitch Trick, Roman Brown, Christian Mendez, Spot Allen, Flynn1138, Alorain Okapi, OMG It's Big Nick, Steve Weeze, D&D and Things, Norma Byers, and Jill and Noel Laplante. If you want your name to be added to this list, you can join our Patreon too at patreon.com slash dumdumdice. Thanks to them, and a little bit of thanks to you. The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish. Greetings. I am the modestly handsome obituary writer of this fetching town of Crestfall, Idaho, and this is Death by Dying. Death is exhausting. And so, after a long day of funeral attending, I had retired to my apartment to get some shut-eye. I loosened my Versace tie and changed into my Egyptian silk pajamas. Are you the detective in town? No, I'm the obituary writer. Really? Someone said you solve murder cases. Murder? I'm Charlotte, by the way. Forgive me, but I haven't gotten past the murder part. Charlotte? The friend I now have is staying in the apartment above her Aunt Lillian's bookshop. She was my aunt. She was all I had growing up. I need to know why she's gone. Murder is the spice of life. I knew just who I had to see. The Angel of Death. We have become friends over the years. Careful. Death is ever-present. Her pet, the button-eyed raven, moaned inconsolably as usual. Your friends are abandoning you, one by one. You write about death, O.W., but how much do you know about what it feels like to lose someone? The shadow in the dark woods is making its way into Crestfall. Listen to Death by Dying on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcatcher.